Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And welcome back to a new series of Recall the Midwife. We're three super fans of Call the Midwife, obviously. Each week we watch the show and discuss. Today we are discussing Series 5, Episode 1. Why not join us? I'm Alex. I'm Becky. I'm Jen. And a quick reminder that this week's episode deals with severe birth defects and disability and alcoholism. So if those are topics you would prefer to skip this time, we understand and hope you join us for the next one. In the opening episode of Series 5, the midwives are excited to receive new uniforms. We meet Rhoda Mullocks, who is expecting her third child. When Rhoda goes into labour, she is admitted to the maternity home. Patsy delivers the baby with Sheila's help, a girl, but the baby is born with severe malformations of her arms and legs. The baby is spirited away to the nursery and isn't expected to survive the night. When Bernie Mullocks visits his daughter the next day, he is shocked to learn of the baby's condition and rejects her. Dr. Turner and the nuns and midwives help Rhoda and Bernie come to terms with baby Susan's condition. Meanwhile, Trixie has taken up Keep Fit and has qualified as an instructor. Olive attends one of Trixie's classes but suffers an embarrassing accident. Bearing seven children has left her with a prolapsed womb. But after Trixie intervenes, Dr. Turner is able to help her. We meet Denny Ray, who is a freelance photographer who is documenting life in the Old East End. He follows the midwives on their rounds. Barbara and Tom continue to grow closer as Barbara helps Tom prepare for the Easter bonnet parade. Delia is given a clean bill of health, but with the nurse's home being demolished, her mother wants her to return to Wales. When Sister Julienne offers Delia a place to lodge in an artist's house, it gives her and Patsy a lifeline. Series five, back. ladies. Series five. It's good to be back. It is. It is. And Becky's got a lovely posh new uh, new hair. <laughs> she looks very nice. Yeah, I know you can't I'm see her, like- but she looks very nice. I'm also like Barbara tonight because I've had a glass of wine after work. <laughs> 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 
That's the best way to be. I'm absolutely knackered because it's school holidays. Right. <laughs> and it's only 2.45 where I am, so I'm not going to hit the booze just yet in the day. But <laughs> don't worry, I will get there. <laughs> so before we get into it, when we did one of our listeners special, we were talking about Trixie's hair. And the, and we I was wondering whether she was wearing a wig or if she like, had her hair cut and dyed for the series. Mm-hmm. And one of our listeners pointed out that Trixie starts a new series with a new haircut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love her haircut this time. Yeah. She's rocking it in this series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like full 60s glam, you know, like... I do love the way they do that, though, because she's obviously very fashionable. And, like, when she was just, just as a quick aside, when she was riding through the streets in her normal clothes on a bike, she just looked tray chic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys know if, at this point in this show, that if, like, Trixie and... Oh, no, they won't have had their first baby yet because she's pregnant. She... Something like... Anyway. No, but, they haven't yeah. even got together yet. They got together when they went to South Africa. Oh, oh, that's interesting. They weren't even okay. together yet. Oh, okay, okay. I wasn't sure. Mm, gossip. All right, all right. Well, <laughs> some people are getting together on this week's episode, and we will be excited to talk about them very shortly. But it's a definite. Trixie's hair is a definite improvement from last series to this series. Yeah, the super short was not my favorite. Yeah, it was her. almost it was bordering on a bowl cut, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's I mean, it was nice, but everyone. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or as uh, Sister Evangelina said, "There's a, what is the phrase she said about an old slipper for everyone or something?" When she was talking about Chummy and Peter getting together. No, the old wasn't the old slipper when she was talking about having to have a hysterectomy. No, no, that was the old bit no, of that apron. Was, it was a pocket that she'll never use. Um, and an old bit like, of apron that she put away or something. He, yeah, she says something. I think you're right about Chummy and Peter. She says something like, "Every old slipper has its foot, or something, something about that." <laughs> the slippers are, there's a slipper for every. Oh, this is really well done, girls. Right now, I will say series the, the, five, we've not improved. The expression that I have always heard was, "There's a pot for every lid," which means that there's like a person for every person, but um, or a lid for every pot, or something like that. But anyways, either way, we should get into it. So they we start the series with the new uniforms. Now mm-hmm. I'm not the best, but I wasn't as observant as Tom to notice that much of a difference between the two sets of uniforms. Oh, I did. He's got a waspy belt as a. As yeah, a... I did notice. I did notice the belt because aren't those belts are what modern day nurses would wear, aren't they? Yeah, I thought that. Like they're very very similar. I remember I used to have a belt like that. I think it was for brownies. It wasn't a blue belt, but we had a belt like that with a weird clip around. And it's like a butterfly clip, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I noticed the shawl collar was different and some of the detailing around like the neckline and shoulder line and everything was a little bit different. Also, the skirt is fuller, which I think makes a difference. Jules doesn't um, have a poodle on though. No, no poodle, no poodle. <laughs> the thing is, um, they really change... And then they still wear the red cardigan and everything. Um, oh, and then the collar is also a different color than the dress. And the dress is a different color blue than the old dress. Hang on. Yeah. Can I just say as an aside, Jen used yeah. to work in, in costume. Yeah. <laughs> so Jen is a lot more. We're like, yeah, we didn't really notice. And Jen's like, well, this happened, this happened, this happened. This happened. <laughs> well, it was I love... Go ahead. Uh, well, I was going to say, Sister Julianne described them as professional, practical, and rather pretty. Yeah. Um, but then when, when Nurse Crane interjects and said, we're midwives, not 
glamopus is. I don't think glamopus was probably the look that Sister Julianne was aiming for. No, no. But not also, really. I loved when she was all serious with Sister Julianne. And then when she got out with her package, when she got outside of the door and the girls were wait there waiting, she was like, Go on, then I'll race you. I love this. <laughs> Well, now, did you guys think well, I'm just going to interrupt Jen this whole whole time today? That's okay. Um, I'm a bit drunk. I love it. <laughs> when when they rushed past Sister Mary Cynthia on the stairs, did anyone else notice Sister Mary Cynthia give a bit of a look, as in like yeah. I feel a bit like I'm left out here? Oh no, she, I she missed it. She, she's nostalgic. She's thinking, oh yeah, that's not my life anymore. She's missing out a bit. She's because also oh. she's left out of that, isn't she now? Where well, she used to be one of the girls all the time with the same girls, but she's not there. Yeah. yeah. Well, she already got her new uniform, I guess, right? Yeah. Yes, Cynthia, shut it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, can I just say I've written slacks in Denmark? <laughs> I, love I will say I. I mean, I know why they. I know why they get dress uniform like dresses as uniforms. But I always feel better in a pair of pants when I have to do something like kind of intense. You, you know what I mean? Cycle like, in like a cape because they've got a cape now and a skirt. Oh. How do they? How do they do that? See, this is the thing. I think I the cape makes me absolutely nuts. Like. I just know if it were me, I would like a coat, like when they're like in Jenny Lee's time and everything, they just throw on that trench coat, do the belt, get out the door and everything. The cape to me, I know every morning at like 6am when I'm tired as heck, haven't had any coffee, running out to a berth, trying to make sure I have all my stuff. Those straps going across the body would absolutely confound me. Like I've always thought that the cape to me seems the most impractical thing I could ever think of. I would never, I would never choose a cape. Never, never, never. And also on a bike. Yes. I know. They get caught the wheels. It does not make sense. And the chain. It's just also, a very dangerous situation. It never seems to like button up. Like you never see, you hardly ever see them walking where it's buttoned up. And like, I get they have a cardigan on, but it's like just a cardigan. Like it gets so cold yeah. in the UK. Like, I, I mean, the, the trench coat, it's like, at least you can have a coat and then you can put stuff under it or, you know, whatever to keep yourself warm. But the cape, it's just like, how impractical. You must be freezing half the year. And you can well, do a chubby with got, a trench coat. They've never got a proper winter coat on. No. no. Well, do you remember Chummy though with her trench coat? Going into Peter with nothing else underneath. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she couldn't do that with a cape, could she? No. <laughs> well she could, but she'd be an exhibitionist. <laughs> she'd be really flashing. She'd be arrested, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, okay, Jen, I've interrupted you a good amount of time. Oh no, you're fine. I just there must I just, be something else to add. I just th- I I will say I I don't think it's very realistic that Tom would notice a difference in the uniform. Like I don't know any man on earth who would notice anything like that. I I mean I don't think men ever notice clothes or hair. I will or say actually like I think my husband probably would, but he is a graphic designer. Like he's very into stuff like that. Like he says stuff like oh you know well, that's was that stitching there before and stuff like that. He I'm does. Like, yeah. Oh okay. Well, but he's that's looking- part of his job, isn't it? That kind of thing. Oh, well, I, I'll just give this example because this became like a running joke between me and my sister that like whenever we would go to a wedding or she would go to a wedding or whatever like that and you'd come home from it and she, and she would, you know, bring a boyfriend or there'd be like a, co- you know, male cousin or friend or whatever of ours. We'd say, oh, you know, what did you like? We would, you know, you always want to like rehash and like talk about the wedding and what you thought of it and everything like that. And we would say to the guy, you know, like, oh, well, like what, what was she wearing? Especially if it was like we didn't go, but then a, they went or something like that. It's like, oh, she was wearing, she wore a white dress. And it's like, well, yeah, we know she wore a white dress, but like, you like, what kind of white dress? And they were like, I remember specifically one time my sister's now husband said, oh, I think it had, um, 
it was white and it had like um holes all over it <laughs> lace yeah it was like lace or like an embroidery like cut out or something like that he was like it was nice yeah it was nice it looked kind of like yeah it had like holes it had like holes and stuff it was it was nice to be honest, that sounds like... like someone speaking to me about a wedding dress i'm rubbish on that as well <laughs> i just i just think it's so funny anyways but yeah good on tom well of course he like noticed the change so that he could you know butter barbara up because then he had a favorite ass but well also though when tom i know we're gonna go on to this later but i just want to talk about that when he did actually notice the uniform they mm. both were so pleased to see each other it made me nearly want to cry well they were both like just checking the hair and things weren't they oh with happiness with happiness i loved it i loved it right yeah should we do okay. mrs mullocks yes now i'm glad that this was the only birth story of the episode mm-hmm. i felt like it deserved to be a standalone story it gave it the gravitas yeah. it deserved yeah definitely yeah yeah and um, also can i just say i've got a very big history with this but uh i watched this last night and uh, my daughter was too hot it's too hot it's too hot uh, and i was watching this just on the birth scene she walked in <laughs> and, uh, and she was like oh my goodness what's that and I thought she was referring to the fact that this baby had small limbs, uh, but no, she was talking about the umbilical cord. <laughs> <laughs> she was absolutely traumatised by it. We've had question after question after question today about umbilical cords. She has an uncanny ability to literally walk in every single time you watch an she episode. Really it's the most disturbing part. You've really got to just like lock her in a room or something like that. Oh, when you're she watching absolutely loves it. No, she talks about it all the time. She keeps talking about the gypsies with the caravan that went on fire. <laughs> She's like, come and watch the gypsy caravan at funeral again. I'm like, no. Oh god. She should join the podcast. She she would love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's right. So, uh, so should we talk about the Mullockses? Mullocks yes. Mullocks sure. family. Mullockses, Mullocks sure. family. Do you Mullocks. think it's K S or O X? It was C K S, wasn't it, on the uh, on the baby Mullocks bit? Yeah. Yeah. My my subtitle said uh, C K S, yeah. Yeah. Um so it's it's Rhoda and Bernie, the mum and dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you've got Perry and Belinda. I love those names for the for the time as well. Perry, so good, yeah, so good. But they are, you know, normal average family with they live in quite a nice house. She's the homemaker. Her husband works. Belinda seems really clever, actually. She seemed very emotionally intelligent. She was like, "Oh, thank you, mum. Mm-hmm. Just oh, sit down, mum. I love that. I just loved her. Thought she was so lovely." And mm-hmm. Perry's in a world of his own with space, but they also got that's how they got the photographer involved with the spacing. Blah blah blah. But we'll go on mm-hmm. to that later. But well, they're average one of the male family and Rhoda's, this is a third pregnancy, apparently a bit of a surprise. Um, and she thought she was going into labour, didn't she? Mm. Played up to it a bit, didn't she? She was getting twins. Well, she I think she was going into labour, but she was basically just wanted to get out of the house. Oh yeah, God. she was like, I need a night Holy. away from my family. I'm so over this. I want to just like lay in bed and like just chill but out. But before we talk about the birth. Um, I loved when she said to Belinda, because Belinda was doing her homework, because like you said, she's quite clever. And Rhoda's like, more homework now, less housework later. So true. Oh! So true. I'm going to use Although, that in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, she was like, I, I've written here, because obviously she went into hospital, into the maternity home, uh, just had a night with reading uh, magazines. She asked for a cigarette, though, that made me laugh. And, and but, she was going to have breakfast on, in bed uh, oh, the next morning, which she was, you can tell, so excited about. Well, I've written it. I would love a night off in a quiet hospital with magazines. Is <laughs> <laughs> so there when she was defleeing the dog, as she was basically <laughs> telling Bernie that she'd gone into labour, she's sat at the kitchen table defleeing the dog. She's I think that actually represents how much she had going on, though. Like, how much she never has a minute off. If she's, there's always something doing. She just cleaned the parlour. She was doing the dishes. 
She's then deeply in a dog. She's flicking fleas across the kitchen table. Well, maybe she could have got her husband to do it if he came home from the hand and shears one night a week instead of going out and spending money and drinking and being with his friends and everything. My God. Yeah. I got to tell you, I don't, I, I'm just, I was going to save this till later, but I'm just going to say it now. I don't like Bernie Mullix. I, I, I really do not have a good opinion of him. Same. He's, he's mediocre at best. I've written here, Bernie <clears throat> Mullix is trash. He, <laughs> and at worst, he like just sucks. I just, I just like, oh my God, like just drag him across every single emotional goalpost every single time i mean my god that man is like a neanderthal god it's just so annoying i think rhoda could have done so much better Ugh. she could and she's so beautiful and so lovely and she's also a really good actress she's in loads of british stuff over here as well yeah she's so good yeah um also can we just talk about the birth scene so she goes into so then the next day she does actually go into labor yeah yeah and she has patsy who oh i just so much i just love her so she, it was just patsy on her own at first but then sister bernadette joined because the label was going on a long while sister bernadette. One, sister, did i say sister sheila sheila <laughs> i am tired uh, but it, it, there was one scene where she had a bum in the air and she was like i was hoping for a nun not one of you younguns i bet you've all got lovely bleeding bums just made me laugh because <laughs> honestly you're there oh it's just the most horrible position to be seen in at all times. And she's like, well, I, I don't, I don't, done? I don't think if you were on your knees, on your back, on your head, on your whatever, it would be. I mean, it's just, it's terrible. It's so embarrassing. No matter what position you're in to give birth, it just, it always just looks so, you know, the part where like they have a breech birth and they're like, okay, sweetie, we're just going to edge your bum to the edge of the bed. Just hang there for a second. And then like some lady is trying to literally catch something falling out of your vagina. It's just like, oh my God, like I would literally never live it down. Like, I, oh God. I just, just remember I was in the, so I was in the birthing pool and I remember they were like, you've not, you need to wee or something. Have you been weed? I was like, I don't know if I've weed. I've been like in horrendous pain for 12 hours. And they were like, right, just get onto the toilet. And there was four people watching me on the loo. <laughs> oh. Do you not find like, not just with childbirth, but just in life, like when you're fit and well and in your right mind, you're embarrassed by these things. And then when you're, when the chips are down, like you don't, I won't swear, but you don't care who sees what. Yeah. Well, at a certain it, point, well, probably what you just get so demoralized and like full of pain and like just tiredness that you're just like, do whatever you have to do. I gotta. I just have. This has to be over at some point, right? I just remember hating every second of it because <laughs> it just hurts so much. But well, I just I remember sitting you... on the toilet and my husband being like, afterwards laughing, being like, "That was nice watching you in the loo." <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> Oh like God. I can remember just being sat in a hospital waiting room, just like being utterly dehydrated and just the depths of despair, and someone just giving me a look of pity, and you just <laughs> don't care what you look like. Oh yeah. God! Well, look, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I've never given birth, but I will tell you what: if I firmly believe that if anyone could avoid giving birth and get the baby another way they would do it like I just I if there was any way to magic that baby out of your body any other way you would do it rather than going through say how that could happen Jen if men were the ones to give birth oh. it'd be, be a fake uterus outside the body faster than you can say <laughs> contraction uh, oh god I just oh, everyone man. says it's the most natural thing in the world it is not it is the most unnatural thing that has ever happened to me Anyway, let's carry on oh. talking about rodas. Yeah. Now, <laughs> in terms of the sisters and the midwives, this must be the worst deformities they've, that they've seen in childbirth. A hundred percent. 
Yeah. 100%, yeah. because obviously if you, obviously now we know that it was the distal thalidomide, obviously they don't at that time. But yeah. they were talking about, it was already, they were talking about Jeffrey with the thumbs, weren't they? Or was it baby, Mr. Jeffrey? I've forgotten. The, was the who, baby called Jeffrey? Who's this, who's this baby you're talking about? I've missed this baby. So, and I was going to come on to this when we talk about the thalidomide scandal. So when the nuns and the midwives are talking over lunch, over a cold spread, um, mm-hmm. they're chatting about visiting patients and they mention Mrs. Gallagher, who lives, is it Lisbon Buildings? Yes. This and is a deleted we'll, scene. This is a deleted scene uh, for us. We have right. the lunch conversation, but for us, the lunch conversation is about Easter and Lent and giving up the sweets for Lent and the Easter bonnets and all that. We don't have we don't have this conversation about the thumbs. Uh, so they're having a conversation, and um, I think it's Sister Evangelina says that someone needs to check in on Mrs. Gallagher because poor Jeffrey Gallagher's been born with missing thumbs. So that's already mm. a talking point that this has happened, and that's not that's missing thumbs. Yeah, it's, it's unusual. But yeah. my point being, it's something that's big in their lives, otherwise they wouldn't mention it. If you see what I mean. So well, this I, must be the worst I think that they've seen because they they all look shocked. And Sister Bernard, I keep calling her Sister Bernadette. Sheila had been a midwife for <laughs> years and years before, hadn't she? Yeah. And it, yeah. The look of shock on her face didn't look like. Well, also we know it was really bad because Doctor Turner was like, "It can't live." Well, the yeah. thing they the thing they say, and I think this is where I think this is where your point is well made, Bex, is that they both look at this baby and I think when they see a very deformed baby or whatever that Dr. Turner says that there's no way the baby can look like this on the outside and not have internal issues as well. And so they're just kind of waiting for the baby to pass away naturally because of, you know, the, because it doesn't have the ability to sustain life. Yeah. Dr. Turner called it malformation, didn't they? Yeah. And so they may have seen other children who looked equally as bad or possibly worse, but those babies were not able to survive or were still born at the time that they, you know, came out. So um, I think, I think what's really rare about this is that they're just kind of looking at this baby who does have these really, you know, big, you know, physical issues and then just kind of feeling like the, the inevitable is coming. And in this case, the inevitable does not come. It actually goes a whole different way, which everyone's so shocked about. But just the way they handled it, I can understand why immediately they take the baby off to the nursery and they don't let Rhoda see her or hold her. Mm. But I don't know the fact that they don't think that she's going to survive the night, but they still keep her away from Rhoda. And in the past, when babies have passed away, have been still born or passed away shortly after birth, they don't even let the mother see them. So I just don't... Like, if if baby Susan had passed, would they have then... I just think the way they handled it, would they have even brought her to Rhoda or would they have just, she well, would think, never have seen her? I think it's also, because I was thinking about this, because I w- wondered about, because obviously Mr. Mullock didn't have a great reaction to the whole situation either. And well, I that's a very think, kind way of putting it. Well, we'll talk about that. But disability in that respect was not as understood as it is now. But I, I kind yeah. of feel like, I feel like it's a bit of a disservice to people of the 60s to say that people thought like that then. Because I don't I don't know if they really necessarily did. I think this is trying to say it did. This is how it was reflected. But then there were disabled people at that time. who go, You know, mm. I just think it's a very, I don't mm. know. Because obviously people did, my parents were 10 at this time. I just think, it. it, it I just don't believe that people were that ill-educated or mean about things like this as much as they're trying yeah. to portray in this because but as much as we don't like bernie mullock's reaction when rhoda does eventually see the baby like she is so like she just like i think she says oh what a mess but she just sends, yeah. says it in such a tender loving way 
Yeah, yeah. I actually felt very conflict. I'm curious to hear what you guys have said. We've already kind of started talking about it, but I was very curious to hear what you guys thought about keeping the baby away because I did feel a bit conflicted about it. Like I get Sheila at the beginning saying, you know, oh, she's a bit cold. We're going to put her under the warming lamp and everything like that. And then it was like, oh, well, she needs something, something. She had a traumatic birth. We'll get, you know, we'll bring her later and everything like that. But they just kept on keeping her away. And like, I I do get that they wanted to see if she was going to survive the night and everything. But it just, I don't know, at a certain point, I just was kind of like, you know, she's given birth, she's, she's kind of, you know, settled back down again, and everything like that, you know, she's gotten a chance to kind of pull herself together a little bit and everything. And like, she kept on asking for her baby. And I just, I don't know, I just think like a lot of I mean, and and hats off to Sheila, because she really, you know, she got the cigarette, she like, kind of mentally prepared herself to go in and talk to Susan to um, Rhoda about it. And, you know, she had a conversation with her first. And then she said, would you like to come see the baby? I mean, I think she was doing it in a very thoughtful way. But then, like, stupid Bernie, like, walked in and, like, screamed and, like, you know, slammed a door and everything. And then that was all ruined. And I just think if they had prepped Rhoda a little bit sooner, maybe then... Or, like, both of them saw bernie in the waiting room like why didn't they say i don't know i just uh, to me like if rhoda had known earlier and then rhoda could have talked to bernie about it in advance maybe they could have had a slightly better outcome but i don't know i just i did i don't think it was bad i just felt conflicted about it see i i I was very like not to get too real here i got very very triggered by this because i had to literally disappear straight away after having my baby and go straight to surgery for a few hours Mm -hmm. and i kept asking about my baby and no one would tell me so i thought that something was really wrong with my baby literally no one would say anything i had this nurse who basically was speaking to me the whole time i was a bit like don't sit speak to me i want to find out about my baby and then i passed out whatever and then you know but the point Mm -hmm. is it was really triggering for me and I was a bit like why just tell her just tell her just tell her just show her yeah, the baby. I, I feel like the outcome was never going to get any better like prolonging it wasn't going to help the situation in any way like that, even that if they thought it was dying to, yeah yeah that news still had to be delivered and if the baby had it hadn't have survived the night they'd have just deprived Rhoda of the chance to be with their baby in in its last moments 1000 exactly. I mean exactly. I think Rhoda would have wanted to be the one to hold her like if she wasn't going to survive, you know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. That's what. Yeah, exactly. We all have the same thought there. Also, okay. can I just say completely on this point, but not on this point? How cool were those old bottles they had for the baby? Oh, huge! I know. <laughs> I was like, well, and they had two on Doctor Turner's desk, and I was like, I know that baby did not just eat sixteen ounces of milk. <laughs> like, my, she may be hungry, but honey bun, she ain't that hungry. Like that is ridiculous. But also, Rhoda knew something was a bit weird because she was saying to Cynthia, Sister Mary, Cynthia, um, yeah. you know, why why are you calling me Rhoda? Like, she yeah. was already yeah. inkling there was something was going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we've spoken about the fact that Bernie, can I just say I was really annoyed about this. So this this was, this was a bit weird to me. The way that, so Sheila was like, do you want a cigarette? And she was like, what? Um, <laughs> in the maternity home. But what was really weird to me was, so Sister Bernadette, no, why do we keep calling her that? Sheila was speaking to Rhoda about the situation, but they didn't get Bernie in. Now, this is the 60s. The men were, in, like, men were more important, it was deemed. Yeah, as if they would have told us. Bernie before they told Rhoda. Or even on her own. Like, why would they tell her on her own without him? Like, yeah. with, the, with the with the situation with the baby that went to the wrong mother and when the baby was ill, they spoke to both parents. I find it really, I know he... He hadn't turned up or whatever yet, but still, it was mm. really strange to me the way they were breaking the news to her on her own without him. But anyway, mm. it's obviously because of this storyline, so they could he could be cheeky bugger. How terrible of him to go into another complete different area. He's just he's just trash. 
I'm I'm rolling my eyes. Well, he did see Mullocks on the door. Yeah, but even then, you don't just go in. It could be. I would have probably done it. It's not like it's a Johnson, is it? You know what I mean? Well, just just to like slander Bernie a little bit more, even quicker, because like <laughs> he took Rhoda to the maternity home with her saying, "I'm going into labor. I'm going to have this baby." She slept at the maternity home. The next day, she was in like she had her breakfast in bed. She chilled out, but then her labor advanced. By that evening, it was like she's giving birth and everything. Bernie still did not come to see her or meet the baby or help her or anything like that. He went drinking at the hand and shears. And who was looking after Belinda and Perry? Yeah, exactly. Well, probably a neighbor or an auntie or something like that. But then the next morning, whenever that was, he decided he was going to come in with like, you know, daffodils because she literally told him those were her favorites like a day before when he'd gotten it wrong like when he walked in or whatever and then he was sitting well, there she, and he well, she wanted to call the baby Jean-Kill, didn't Jean-Kill, Jean-Kill. 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 yeah we're gonna get thousands of letters from John Quills now oh see I thought John Quill was really nice I think John Quill is a gemstone it's a um, daffodil that's why he bought uh-huh. daffodils no no I don't I know I think I think he brought daffodils because at the beginning he walked in and she was like oh daff- daffs are my favorite remember when she no, was defli- that's why she wanted she said it's a pretty flower name Maybe that's a deleted scene for you as well. So yeah, wait, what say John Quill's a flower? Oh, she. Oh no. Okay. It's French. It's French for daffodil or something. What? Oh, I thought. Okay. All right. I'm. I'm wrong about that. I. I thought it was. A so in that respect, that. he anyways. is sweet because he's he's bought daffodils because he thinks that's that's what she wants to name the baby. Oh whatever. Um. Yes. <laughs> fine. But like, I'm sorry. He's a he's an absolute monster about that baby. Like the flowers ain't gonna save it. It is a daffodil, by the way. Yeah, it is. I'm just looking. Now myself. I also have to criticize Dr. Turner because when he he basically sat up all night with the baby, um, but then, then he says to Sheila, and this is along the lines of put it in a drawer, Sheila. Um, <laughs> he just says to Sheila, "Go home. Don't get involved with this." But she's already involved, Dr. Turner. She was there at the birth. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah. We've got our own family. He was like, yeah. yeah. Although and him then, reading the Lancet to the baby was, was I did love that. Bit. That was very cute. And um, can we just cute. go back to the Bernie thing as well, though? Yeah. Because I want to talk about the fact that Bernie, it's not, it's, it's not that he's a first time parent and he's never dealt with anything like this. When he right. was like, I've seen it and there ain't any way that thing's coming back into our house, right? Yeah. That thing. He's had two babies before. He knows the love that you have for a child. He knows the bond that he has with Belinda and Pe- Perry. Yeah. I just I just don't think there is any way in this world, like not, the writing on this is amazing. I love it. And obviously there's different storylines that have happened and we'll have to see if it is in the book or anything like that. But I just don't think it is feasible for any second that anyone could reject their child. After having two already and knowing the love he has for them, how he could reject a child like that, I just don't think it would happen. And I do appreciate that, but I don't think any of us are in a position where we can judge someone else's reaction because... Oh, sorry. No, I'm completely judging. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Not judging business. That sucks. I mean... If you are going to have a negative reaction, like that's one thing, but to literally dehumanize that little baby and call it like an object or a thing or, you know, just what all those horrible ways that he referred to it, uh, like absolutely unreal. I, I Listen, I'll give him this. It, it's a shock. It's scary. It's, you know, really upsetting. It's very sad. 
you know, like there's a lot of emotions that I completely get in terms of him looking at that little baby and thinking, oh my goodness, like I, you know, I'm flooded with, you know, all these different thoughts and feelings. That's okay. But to literally just dismiss it instantly and to refer to it as just a thing that doesn't belong in their household because it's defective or whatever else. I just absolutely had no time or patience for that. Sorry. Like I, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you, Bex. I, I think you're right to be compassionate but to him, but I just, oh my God, I don't know if I was just in a mood or whatever and I watched but I was just like wow Bernie you suck and also because we've all seen the episodes that happen later with him as well yeah like he just to me is just not like he just sucks always like he just always <laughs> is like the last one to get there you know and he's dragged well, on this note when we've the got the next line. episode with him as in the last episode that we've had recently I won't don't want to do yeah. spoilers uh, my daughter did reference that because she saw the Christmas special <laughs> oh really and she was like is that the man who so I'll tell you when we actually do that episode what she said oh in like two years when we get there <laughs> yeah uh, now, I just did, on. Oh, I, sorry. I was just going to say one last point that I've got about Roger is I did love when she referred to Sister Mary Cynthia as the little nun. The little nun. <laughs> well, I want to talk about Rhoda's reaction because obviously when yeah. she actually got to hold a baby, it was the most. You've already yeah. touched on it, Bex. But it was a really lovely tender scene. It was gorgeous. I, I, I've written here, what would you do? So, you know, when she says she has to be on her own, mm. I know for a fact that after I gave birth, I wanted to be on my own with a baby. But. I was just too mental to be able to ask and didn't have the courage to. She's obviously had two kids or whatever, and it's it's not real. She wrote it was written for her, but she has to be on her own. What would you do in that situation? Do you think like your husband's just shouted through the the thing? Like it's this awful situation. How do you think you do? You think you'd be as strong as Rhoda? Do you think you'd be able to be as calm as her in that moment? Do you want to answer first, Bex? I don't know. I so di- I just think it's so difficult to tell. In some ways, I mean, I've been in situations where you've dealt with poorly children and I just, in some ways, it, it's helpful to have people around because you can lean on people. So I just think yeah. it's, if you're left with your own thoughts, I don't know, I, I just can't call it. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll give I'll give this answer. I and and I'll just do this qualifier beforehand. You know, you never know what you'll do in a situation until you get yeah. there. So you know, you I'll, all I can do is conjecture. If I had the presence of mind to say, can I just have a few minutes to just kind of think about this? I will say one of my processes about a lot of, you know, really big life decisions is like, okay, let me just stop and think about this for a second and then make a decision or, you know, kind of see how I feel about it. Like, you know, think about what I'm ready to do, what I'm ready to offer, what I can, you know, handle in a situation. And then if there's other people that are involved, how we're going to work it out together, you know, in, in going forward. But I will say I'm not I'm not going to give myself credit for, you know, being like so wonderful and magnanimous or whatever, but I do think that I would at least have the same situ- reaction as Rhoda in that it would be like, okay, how, how are we going to move forward with with this little one and have the best opportunity possible with with what this, what we're facing at this moment? I would like to think I will that say I would, I'm that. I'm really glad for the storyline that it's her third baby. Yeah. She's the love that's going to come. Like I didn't feel that love for two weeks plus. Like I was, I was there, and I was like, "Oh, it's cute, or whatever." But, mm. but I was also really shocked and didn't really. I, I was struggling to bond. I wasn't well, and you know what I mean. Like it was all there. This it was a it was a really you had a very complicated situation. Yeah, but it was a really hard situation. But it was my first. I didn't know mm-hmm. what was going to come, and and everyone's like, "Oh, you love it the first instant you see it," and then you have this guilt that you don't do that, and it was just awful. Mm. Whereas mm. she knew that love was coming, so I'm really glad that it was a third. At least she knew. That love was there. She loved it. She knew what was happening. I don't. I don't even think it's a situation where she knew that love was coming. I think she felt it immediately. 
yeah, yeah. But also, at least, and at least, it wasn't the first, and she didn't feel like you know she wasn't just in. Well, yeah. And let's just give let's just give Rhoda like another layer of credit too, because um, I think I think separate from love is kind of you know the practical understanding of yourself as a person and what you're capable of handling and. Um, obviously, again, I mean, no one knows, you know, in advance or, you know, and and, I, and it's going to be really hard for them going forward for sure. And that none of that can really be anticipated in that moment when she's holding the baby. But um, one thing that Rhoda says, which kind of gives me an inkling that she you know, was thinking about this in a much bigger picture way that clearly not a lot of other people were, it's definitely her husband wasn't, is that she said, oh, you know, I was given a unique name, something that really made me stand out. And I always yeah. loved that. And my kids, I gave them really unique names because I wanted something that would kind of be like a special thing about them from the minute one that you would meet them. And she's like, but you know, for this little one, I'm going to call her Susan because then she's never going to have to spell it. She's never going to have to explain it. She's never going to yeah. have to say it twice for people to get it. And and it's just going to it's it's at least one small way that I can make her daily interactions with people easier. And that to me was like, uh, I mean, so girls, I was, already, I, I was already like sobbing like so early in this. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Honestly, if I didn't already have a child by the time this was on, I would oh. have named my child a Rhoda. Like if I hadn't <laughs> seen this before I had her. Rhoda is a true hero. She is a true hero and she will be throughout the series. Um, but oh my God, I love her. Yeah. Another thing on this storyline just uh, is, is also the Sister Cynthia. Sister Cynthia was really involved with this. So Sister Cynthia went to the house of the Mullockses. The Mullocks. Yeah. Am I saying that right? Mullockses, Mullocks, the Mullocks family, I'll call them. To speak to Bernie, this is when he actually answered the door because he wouldn't answer the door to Dr. Turner. Yeah, I thought, doesn't Dr. Turner go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then afterwards, Cynthia oh, just and then goes. Mary Cynthia goes. Yeah. yeah, but and he's like, she's not bringing that monster home and things like that. But what, I know it was awful. But Cynthia, he was like, what do you know about this? Mary but, Cynthia. Sorry, Sister Mary Cynthia. Sorry, I'm saying Sister Bernadette. I'm saying, you know what I mean. Anyway, Sister Mary Cynthia. It was it was actually really touching the scene that she spoke about. He was like, "How do you, what do you know about this?" And actually, she did know because there was that really gorgeous scene between her and Sister Winifred about Cynthia's baby brother who had water on the brain. He died when he was quite young. Um, oh, and she that was, was like, another deleted scene for us. Oh, you're joking. Oh, it was so beautiful. She said we about, got we got all the stuff where she talked to Miss where she talked to Bernie, but we didn't hear about the baby brother. Oh, well, it, he had a baby brother with water on his brain and she said about people looking all the time and it made mm, her mm-hmm. see him through their eyes and it made her feel ashamed about the way she thought that. And then she mm. said he died a long time ago and that made me realise how much he really mattered. And then 
then the thing that really was a bit weird though she turned into a bit of an anti-vaxxer here. she was like no good in asking why well actually no Cynthia that's actually wrong because if they didn't ask why they would never have actually discovered that it, this was caused by thalidomide or distaval so you know <laughs> not so good um, but also she, the other she thing also that, well, sure. she, go ahead well, I was just going to say, she also, when she started to talk about her baby brother, said she's not supposed to discuss personal matters, but then proceeded to discuss personal matters. Do you oh, she's, already got, she's already got the teacup that she shouldn't have possessions. <laughs> <laughs> Becky's the non-police. She's making sure they're following all do of it. Do it properly. Yeah. Oh. Um, anyway, so Cynthia also sorted out the clothes for baby Susan, which I loved. Oh, and, uh, I love Rhoda that was like, part. oh. Normal heart, Norman Hartnell, better watch his back. I love that. See, I love Rhoda. So like, she's already making best of the situation, isn't she? Yeah. Um, now, yeah. also, so not to, we need to hurry up on this one. Sorry, it's me holding us back on this. But um, obviously, Bernie kind of came around, didn't he? Well, um, dragged there. Yeah. But I, so we introduced, so we brought Belinda and Perry to see their little sister, Susan. And yeah. um, I didn't like the way that uh, Rhoda was promoting violence to her son, Perry. I don't approve. She was like, you know, if anyone says anything, you just hit them, don't you, Perry? <laughs> <laughs> you know, under normal circumstances, I would completely agree with you. But I was, I, I was, I kind of was like, oh, you know what? Like, yeah, actually, like, why not? You know what I mean? Like, because I just, because the thing is, we've seen from other, and I'm, and I'm, I'm not, I'm never promoting violence. Obviously, I don't want Perry to get into fights, but I just, you know, we've already seen from other episodes like the really cruel things people will say, yeah. like just to people's faces yeah and honestly i think if some of the kids thought that perry was going to give him like a big punch or like you know kicking the legs or whatever maybe they wouldn't say it and, and frankly in that case i would i would kind of be like again i never advocate for violence but i don't know i i i don't want susan to get you know ridiculed well also they had an adage just really quick last last thing on the mullocks thing that they were talking about when they first started like sometimes in life you gotta be grateful for what you have got and what you, what you've not got and they obviously said it at the end then when bernie was meeting susan for the first time and he got a bit emotional but and then on be that i was like take you, that bernie be grateful for what you have got not, not for what you have not got yeah yes 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 well and she uh, says that to him very pointedly and it's like yeah pull it together yeah so. take that bernie yeah. But the way that Bernie has to be kind of dragged into accepting the situation is the same as when Frank Robbins had a baby girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, I'm telling you, these men, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Damn with men. Oh, Bernie. Holy <laughs> so we obviously know that the issues that baby Susan had were caused by the thalidomide scandal. And um, so we have we've discussed it earlier in the episode when we talked about Jeffrey Gallagher, who's got the missing thumbs. So we first learned about thalidomide in series four when Maureen Gadsby was prescribed Distaval because she had really bad morning sickness. Uh, we also saw it prescribed to Sister Monica Joan in the Christmas special because it's used as a sedative. Um, she so was she... pregnant. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, we're not going to touch too much on, obviously, the ins and outs of the thalidomide scandal, just because we're going to try and keep it in in line with what they knew at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, we know that thalidomide caused a range of disabilities. So, we've obviously seen that because we've seen, I mean, obviously, those of you who have kind of a shortened episode, you don't have the context of Jeffrey Gallagher and Susan Mullocks, but obviously we've got it caused shortened or missing limbs, malformed hands, damage to eyesight and hearing, brain damage and damage to internal organs. So, 
I mean, at this point of time, they've not made the connection between the disabilities that these babies have suffered and thalidomide. Um, and that was because of the range of deformities and severity of them and, and the fact that thalidomide was traded under worldwide under different names. So we're not going to we're not going to touch too much on that in the, this episode because we're going to uh, this storyline is going to develop in this series. Yeah, which we'll is a comprehensive discussion later on. Yeah, yeah, but it's also unusual because I'm really glad they've done that, though. They do revisit this, spoiler alert, and I'm really, really glad they do because it did need this attention because this was something that happened in this time period. I'm really glad they have given it the focus it deserved. Also, this is like really great narrative historical storytelling too yeah. because if you don't, I mean, neither one, none of us were, we we know about the thalidomide, but we never, we were kind of too young to have grown up with, with people who were, who were our peers dealing with this. You know, there are still people who out there who are dealing with this but you know this is kind of after our time so this is a way for people to learn as they go i've learned so much historically from this show and this to me is another example so it's true same so we'll just discuss it in more detail as we as we as an audience learn more about this yeah, yeah. well as they do the turners not realize everyone um, yeah yeah so which I mean, for god's still- sakes doc- dr turn doesn't even know cigarettes are bad at this point gee whiz so well timothy's tried selling him well he's gonna try harder than yeah Right, okay. Trixie's keep fit class. Yeah, love it. The other love end of the health so spectrum, really. Also, how she lost two inches her waist and gone up a whole cup size. I don't know if that's. I was going to say, there's no way she would have gone <laughs> up a whole cup size. Like, if anything, she'd have gone down a cup size. That that's never happens. Yeah, yeah. Also, she's doing keep fit. Good on her. She's also cycling all over Poplar. How has that not caused her to lose two inches off her waistline? No, well, idea. she's just extra. She's just extra. I, I, girls, I think she might be attributing some health benefits to keep fit when really just not uh, drinking like five yeah, drinks a day is probably having a bigger <laughs> effect on her. Like, honey, if you're having a whiskey every night when you get home from work and then like, you know, going out and everything, you're going to have a very... Can I just say, that, though, I'm mm. loving those classes so much because they're so inclusive. You've got all of the old SMJ, Sister Monica Joan was in there. I love that Sister Monica Joan just got swept along and joined in with them. Well, she did it it for the food. I mean, she, you know, once she got an eclair out of it, she was like, this is the way forward here, you know. Can we just talk about eclairs really quick? My daughter, again, it's all I have to talk about. (laughs) That's all I do in life. But she had an eclair for the first time the other day. Uh, She went to the shop and got an eclair. And she was like, this is one of the most delicious foods in the world, mommy. Have you ever had one? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah so anyway. i mean a great assessment honestly yeah she's she's right on the money there with that for sure for sure i loved how i loved how tra- trixie acts like you know when someone discovers something and she acts like the first person who's ever discovered to keep fit yes yeah. yes you know what you know what it reminded me of and i i will admit that i've fallen victim to this myself is um the way she talked like when she w- got went up there to get her certificate for being a teacher and everything and she was like well I you know she said she's like I found keep fit during a really horrible time in life when there was so much sadness and she's like this put me back together and made me whole again and I was like oh my god like I have I haven't said anything that dramatic about it but like 
that is sometimes like I've recently gotten into yoga and I'm doing yoga all the time and I'm like oh my god like that is how I feel about yoga I'm like (laughs) health benefits like I just feel like I'm more connected to my body and I'm just stronger and I can you know my, my sleep is so much better and I just the clarity I feel and everything I mean I'm not again I'm not quite as dramatic but it's to me Trixie like now like if she was in like 2023 she would be like a yoga influencer and she would have the mat and then she would be doing like instagrams about nursing and then like talking about her you know all that yeah speaking of bodies she got uh, photographed by what was his name desi Mm -hmm. denny 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 Desi. Desi's my friend's old dog. Uh, anyway, she got um, <laughs> she got photographed in the paper, and it was them in their leotards. And can I say Barbara does not have funny shaped thighs at the top? Just telling you, Charlotte. Richie. She doesn't. But did you those leotards? I had a leotard like that at primary school. Did you, Alex? I did. Yeah. Yeah, a black leotard with a scoop yeah. neck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Longer mm-hmm. sleeves. Yeah. But anyway, so they got photographed, and it was in the paper. And Sister Juliana and Sister Angelina were kicking off because they were like. <laughs> Your outlines are for everyone to see, and I really love the way that um, that you God that God gave you. I love the way that um, Trixie was like, if God gave us those outlines, I'm very sure He wouldn't mind them being on display. Yes, Trixie. Trixie mm. was holding her own in this episode. I thought that oh, was brilliant, and also I do think yeah. Sister Julianne has got a bit of a bloody cheek, being like, "You're supposed to be doing this, you're supposed to be doing that." Well, hang on, you go off for Compline every night at once yeah. at a certain time why is that okay for you and not for them and she was like with all due respect we're not nuns and they're not mm-hmm, mm-hmm. also the other thing I really liked in this episode is how her fitness class opened up about women's health and mm. not just about you know childbearing women yeah 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 well I was I was glad that it was brought in I, and it was funny actually because I thought about this when I was watching the episode I was like wow you know like this is a group of women that we literally never see them have a conversation about their body in terms of I want to be bigger I want to be smaller I want to have this the, you know like I want to be this way or that way like they've they just don't have those conversations on the show and I just it's so lovely and freeing to not just see women like sitting around talking about their weight all the time or like their appearance or how they look or like you know what they wish they look like or you know like being on a diet every single day of the week or whatever like that I just thought that was so nice and like even this even I mean I know I just joked about it but like the way that Trixie talks about keep fit is like it's really something she does for her overall health not just her physical like physical health or just her weight yeah. maintenance or whatever like that I mean I know she says the thing about her waistline and everything but that's how she really frames it is like you know this has been so healthful for me just yeah from well, every, just, you know. well with Olive like Olive didn't know the word for vagina oh that really broke my heart me Oh, that broke my heart. Yeah, she's like, all you had to do was ask Olive. And Olive was like, well, I never had the words, did I? And Trixie was like, no, you didn't. Oh, and Olive, poor thing, when she was sitting there with her, with Trixie and Dr. Turner describing all the ways she kind of like tries to like shove her vagina back up and, oh, uh, uh, or uterus or whatever. I mean, I just was like, oh my God. I like, collapsed. Oh, it was sending <laughs> chills down my spine. But I just thought, uh, I mean, like, how would you not, how would you know that there was any other way to do it? You know what I mean? And like, you know, like your body is treated as like this really embarrassing, shameful thing all the time, especially women. And it's just, you know, no wonder. Oh, it just really broke my heart. Now, did anybody else pick up? Obviously, Trixie is basically trying to indoctrinate everybody into a new Keep Fit class. Did anybody notice when Nurse Crane declined because she likes to stick to a Canadian Air Force routine? Yeah, <laughs> every other morning. As you well now, know. <laughs> I looked this up so I was like the Canadian Air Force routine what is this so this was something which was developed in the 1950s so it was 12 minutes every other day okay. um, it was 10 basic exercises so this is what Nurse Crane is doing every other day she's doing toe touching knee raises lateral bending arm circling 
sit-ups, chest and leg raises, side leg raises, push-ups. Now I cannot do a single push-up. So well done, nurse brain. Yeah. Leg lifting and then running and jumping in place. Wow. To be fair, that's actually 12 minutes a day because she's she's quite, you know, she's she looks good for her age. To be honest, I might take this up myself. That's what I was exactly what I was thinking when you were saying that. Yeah, because you don't you'd only have to do each one for a minute, a minute. seconds or something. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And then change position. Can we try it? Let's, let's sure. start doing it every take other day. Up, let's take our measurements and then take up the Royal <laughs> Canadian Air Force routine and see how we go on. I'm not gonna lie, I'm yeah. not sharing my measurements anyway. I'll tell you that for nothing. <laughs> uh I'd be happy to go up a cup size. Well, I have to be honest, the keep fit actually looked nice. Like the way like when she was like, Okay, ladies, like raise your knees and then she was raise your arm and circle your arm and I mean it all looked very kind of I mean I know it was the beginning of class, but it looked very gentle and I well, it was like look to one side, look to the other side. Oh yeah, look to the one yes, exactly. I exactly. It was. I loved it. But also what I really loved about the Keep Fit class was how it, empowering it was for Trixie in her relationship with Sister Julianne and how Sister Julianne apologized at the end to Trixie to be like, you know, we cherish yeah. our young ladies and stuff. And she was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Miss Sister Julianne. She's like, No, I'm sorry. And I just loved that so much. Yeah, yeah. Now, but talk- Sister Monica oh, Joan and the Eclair, obviously they've given up. I mean, we've meant we touched very briefly on the fact that it's Easter because obviously Tom asks um, Barbara to help with the Easter bonnets. By the way, were you um, loving so, the Easter spread? Yeah, I was loving I've the Easter spread. I've written here, I bet you love that Easter spread. <laughs> I'm going to start monitoring what is on a, a part of the cold spread. But so Barbara persuade, kind of persuades Sister Monica that it's okay to break a Lenten fast. But the fact that Sister Monica Joan lies to sister julianne and basically said she's not had anything only potato chips <laughs> <laughs> to be fair she, I, I forgive her god forgives she's, her she's, she's, she's she's a huge scam artist like you just can't like that is just part of her nature like she literally was done for theft like a couple of seasons ago so like i mean you just can't trust a word that comes out of that woman's mouth you really can't she's a complete loon so i mentioned the easter bonnet should we move on to tom and barbara yes let's do it oh now, we've already talked th- about the smiles when they open the door to each other do you think he actually he, like he made up that he needed help or he left it to the last minute on purpose or it was just genuine that he needed Barbara's i think he's genuinely just a man so yeah i think that was just a lucky coincidence that he got to work with Barbara. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah i will say when he said oh I'm, I've, I've left it to the last minute and i really need help oh gosh oh like i was like oh tom again with you and then i thought oh i wonder if maybe this is like a ruse to try to get like her to help him and everything and then i just thought yeah i know but the thing is like he did that with trixie a whole bunch of times i just think he's like really disorganized and like i'll, I'll yeah. also like just loves to pass off work to somebody else as well so like, when he was saying to you really are the best sort of person to have on your side when the chips are down <laughs> i thought oh i love it i love it also can i just talk <laughs> about easter bonnet bonnets really really quick i did actually on easter share a picture of me mm-hmm. in my easter yeah, bonnet in your on easter our bonnet. social media i can just tell you this now i have not lost one easter bonnet competition i've entered and I have done Easter bonnets for my friend's kids and won. So just saying, I am an expert. There and we go. The ones that won were not impressive. Belinda won, didn't she? Who is yeah. it was not impressive enough to win a competition? I'm sorry. Did you see did you see the girl that won with the with the swan on her head? She came second. Linda Belinda came first. Oh, see, I wonder if Belinda and Perry like got some sympathy votes. That's what I wondered when I saw them both up there. Well, did you see that Barbara and Tom had made them special? Was that yeah. a deleted scene for you? Um, I mean, it was for me because I didn't notice. <laughs> well, yeah, they. I mean, I saw them working on them in the church hall or where or the 
wherever the thing and then Trixie and Patsy walk up and then Tom's like oh 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 sorry like well we're just doing this like nothing else to see here you know like that's well that's how you know you can tell he well was well into it because when Trixie came yeah. in proper rattled him yeah but you know what the way that Tom said that thing about oh you're a really good person to have in a jam and everything it really reminded me of the way that like when you get assigned a group project and like there's one person that does all the work and then everyone else is just like is like no I don't I'll do this and then they like literally don't do anything and then like one person has to like put the whole thing together like to me that's Barbara because this podcast yeah exactly and then like yeah. and then yeah, it is. <laughs> and then Barbara is like always like going Fire, everyone like, that's me <laughs> yes Alex is the one that does all the work but then like Barbara is always the one who's like oh well I'll bicycle across to the hospital and like deliver that formula and like yeah. I'll you know stay an extra night with his mom or whatever like I'll deliver 15th baby today or whatever like that so like Tom no I mean like yes I do think he genuinely is interested in her and I think it's very sweet and he like really is giving her a compliment but like Barbara is always doing the most and like he that's what is going to work for them honestly yeah. like as but a couple. also another scene was Sister, uh, Sister Julianne talking <laughs> about Easter and she was like shall I invite Mr. Harrowwood <laughs> And Barbara thought Sister Julianne was talking to her. She was about mm. to say but something I, and Trixie answered. But mm-hmm. I think the Sister Julianne was talking I to Barbara. I do too. I do too. And she was Sister talking Julianne across Trixie. Yeah. She was talking across Trixie and just Trixie automatically answered. Well, Julianne's noticed. Did you, guys, did you guys clock Trixie's look at the Easter bonnet parade when they kind of like bumped elbows and like were like kind of joking with each other and then Trixie looked yeah. at them through the sunglasses? Yeah. So I think Trixie hasn't really figured it out until just right at that moment, end of the moment that like something is happening. But even Tom, I think Tom is also making comparisons to Trixie because he says to Barbara, like, you've not once said, why can't the children make their own Easter bonnet? So I think even he realizes that she's the one for him. He does. Oh, I don't know. I'm being so hard on Tom this this time. But like, I, I agree with you. And the thing is, like, he shouldn't compare Trixie. Like, they're totally yeah. two different women. You know what I mean? Like, just because one person isn't something doesn't mean that, like, that's bad. And that, like, this other person who is is, like, so much better. Like, they, you know, like, I, I mean, I don't think he'll do it in a big way, but I'm just like, Tom, like, just like, you know, come on. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I like them together. I'm glad they're getting together. I really am. Um, Yeah. Now, this is a question I have, because obviously we can, do you think that, do you think that that was always the intention that Tom and Trixie would have? A, yeah, clearly it was always the intention. I've answered my own question. <laughs> oh, you think that the writers like plan to like put them Start, together? Like went down a road, like with Gerald. And then well, like, we've got nowhere to go with this. Was did Barbara and Tom show up at the same time? No, he was already in it. Right, she had a boyfriend. Because Trixie was a boyfriend when she arrived. Right. So see, the thing is, I don't, I actually don't know if that's true, Bex. Because the thing is, like, they might have thought we'll get them together and then tear them apart. But I don't think they had the plan for Barbara at the beginning because Barbara wasn't even a member of the show. She was so doing think- it then, very soon, like. A few well, very soon, but I mean, not like. I mean, they dated for a whole season before. Well, do you know what, Barbara girls? This is something. Up. If we ever do get to speak to someone on the show who writes or anything, mm-hmm. maybe yes. acting like we ever will, we can ask them. Because oh, that is that, something I would, that would be like a dream. There's, there's yeah. so many questions. Oh, just carry on your own. Don't worry about us. Oh, sorry. You can edit that out. Sorry. I'm so tired. Anyways, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's something we can ask the, the writers. So, oh, so should we finish by just discussing Patsy and Delia? Yes. Last but not least. How beautiful did patsy look for going for his cup of tea oh, with, uh, with delia she looked she looked gorgeous like multiple times or anything she was so glamorous this episode she just was wearing all the most beautiful dresses and hairstyles oh, place just seemed really lovely and sophisticated and that's what i think people probably think about england also did you hear a mum talk about the scum on the tea yes, yes. <laughs> you won't get that in pembrokeshire you, uh, wouldn't, you wouldn't you never see that in pembrokeshire at all oh my gosh 
Emma but when, her um, <laughs> when um, like Delia's mum is basically giving her a guilt trip, I mean, I, I, I do feel for Delia's mum because obviously, and I still can't, I still can't decide if she know. Like she obviously hid those letters that were exchanged, but then, but then when she came and met them, sometimes when I see her interact around them, I'm like, does she know? Yeah, but she's just trying to. She never. This is when they don't talk about things, so she's just going around the houses. I, she knows. Uh, Girls, I, 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 I don't. I am not one hundred percent convinced she knows. I I'm open. I'm I open to think. her knowing, but I'm not one hundred percent convinced she does. When she hit the letters, I was convinced that she knew. But then when I saw her in this episode, I don't think she knew. I do. I think she's. I think she's just thinking that she's protecting Delia and just wants her home. I liked the scene in the phone box that they met for tea, and her mum was really negative about her because she got a clean. So Delia got a clean bill of health from the hospital, saying she yeah. didn't go back to work. And mm-hmm. then her mum's like, no, you're not. And then there was a scene later in the phone box where Delia had spoken to um, Patsy. So Delia was in the phone box. Patsy was at home. At, well, in Nanata's house. And uh, and Patsy was like, Delia, you're 24. I know. I've written this down because yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I still rely on my parents. And I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so anyway, then she managed to persuade her to come to Nanata's house for the Easter. Yeah, so she... Her mum's saying she's going to take, they're leaving for Pembrokeshire on Monday. So this is like, they they go into lunch on Easter Monday because this, this is like their last chance to see each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, so they have this lovely Easter spread that looked delicious and Tom was there. And they were talking about, oh, there's nowhere suitable for her to live. And then Sister Julianne, can I just say, I loved how uncharacteristically forceful Sister Julianne was here. She yeah. was like, your daughter is welcome to come and lodge with us. And she was like, I don't know. And Julianne's like, I do. <laughs> yeah. we cherish our young women oh it was so good and she was like mm-hmm. well there you go then it's decided it was just so amazing and Patsy and Delia oh it's like they couldn't hide the delight but they had to because obviously no one could know that they were in love and it was just so oh, amazing I loved it so much mm-hmm. and that's why I think Delia's mum doesn't know because if she knew she wouldn't be happy about Delia staying in London With no matter where she was staying yeah yeah but it's also with a load of nuns so it's not like she can be like oh yeah they'll be carousing yeah, maybe they knew what's going to go down under the roof of nanata's house <laughs> mm-hmm. I, 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 never. I mean you, you you're making a good case for it but i just i just don't feel 100 convinced that she knows i think there's a I lot do. of things that are Again, this is about this is a question we could have for writers yeah yeah there's just a lot of things that make me think the mom could have other very legitimate reasons for not wanting delia in London other I think than she's just she being overprotective yeah because the thing is like in those letters I think she was just trying to cut ties I don't think there was a reason why she was cutting those ties she just didn't want her to go back to London yeah that's what I thought yeah, too. she knows they're lesbians well listen you can be a lesbian anywhere you know what I mean like being in Pembrokeshire doesn't make Delia not be a lesbian you know so yeah, like well, she doesn't have that really glamour plus <laughs> girlfriend she looks so glam- gl- glamorous with a red lipstick and a Oh, I know, like that beautiful dress she had. She looks so right. Good. Yeah. Shall we do heroes and zeros, ladies? Now, if Jen doesn't come up with a zero really quickly, oh, I've got my hero and zero. I've got him. Oh, you start, gosh, Jen. You go first, Jen. Okay, zero is Bernie Mullix. Yeah, he <laughs> he just he stinks. I I I I didn't like him this episode. I'm not gonna like him in any future episode. To me, he's like a like a Neanderthal husband who just you know bumbles around. I feel like he's the kind of dad that like you grow up and then you're like, oh my god, I need ten years of therapy to like deal with my father. You know what I mean? Like, I feel just... like he's made me want to start graffiti in toilets. Ugh. Just want to write in them. Bernie Mullix is trash. 
he just <laughs> yeah he just he just is like you know and then and then he's the kind of guy who like you know gets there and then think he's like so smart for having figured it out you know it's just like oh my god we dragged you kicking and screaming like you're the most whatever so yeah zero all the way and then hero for me is rhoda just nice i love her i think she's just like to me she embodies and like so many women on the show do this but to me she embodies just like really what motherhood can do for anybody if they if you let it like a true opportunity to rise to the occasion and just find new depths of you know strength compassion love uh, you know inclusiveness and everything like that and whether your child has you know any kind of issue or disability or is you know healthy or anything in the middle or any of that or struggles of any kind as they you know go through life or whatever like she just she just is such a great mom and such a great lady and I I just you know and again I mean I'm biased for her too because I know how she goes forward as well but I just I just love her and I think she's well, great. And let's not forget so. that she was still positive and proactive in she didn't think she could go home. So she was looking at ways that she was going to be carrying on yeah. with a baby without having a home to go to. She was still mm-hmm. sorting out clothes for her. She was being proactive trying to sort mm-hmm. her life out afterwards. Well, and you know, and you know what else? And this is not something that I feel like you see all the time on the show, and that's okay. But one thing I really liked is when Sheila and I think it's Cynthia are saying to her, Oh, you know, baby has to go to hospital. You know, they want to do all these tests on her. She's like, What? What for? Like, what are the tests even going to do? Like, are they going to tell me why she's like this? Are they going to tell me how this happened? Are they going to tell me what this is and how we're going to treat it going forward? Because she's like, If they're not, I'm not going to have her prodded and poked for no reason. And I'm not going to be separated from her. I mean, like, like, I won't uh, health advocacy is truly so important no matter where you are and like Rhoda literally from like she'd only known her baby for like a day at that point and she already was like no I know what's best for my baby you're not just going to do this to her and like she stands up to you know the doctor and the nurse and like I just really value that because that means she's going to be a champion for that little baby every day going forward I love her well said okay Becky here is zero <laughs> so mine zero is going to be, well, it's going to encompass a bit of Jen's because it's going to encompass Bernie Mullocks, mm-hmm. Dr. Turner, mm-hmm. and throw back to Frank Robbins. It's just the male reaction to things. <laughs> it's the this. fact that Frank Robbins and Bernie Mullocks had to be dragged into the position where they yes. accepting of the situation. Like, yes. they couldn't possibly get there themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dr. Turner, because of his also in a different way, his reaction to Sheila with being like, just don't get yourself involved with this. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, just go home. You've got your own children. Yep. Yeah. So that Amen, is sister. Yeah. yeah. Well, preach, my, preach it, preach it. Yes. My zero. And then my hero is going to be the, I mean, Rhoda is obviously massively deserving, but mm-hmm. I'm going to say, so when they, when they, the women came together and they had a sewing bee so that they could make some outfits for baby nice. Susan. Yeah. And also just the female companionship when they were making the Easter bonnets and they were, they kind of, everybody came together and that was just the support of women supporting women. Yes. Love Amen. it. Love those heroes and zeros. I've love, just raised my fist in solidarity. <laughs> yes. Okay, so. My zero, obviously Bernie Mullock's but I can't do that one. Mine's Nurse Crane. <laughs> oh! And I'll tell you for why. They were at the table and she was talking about how she blames contraception, family planning. She blames family yeah. planning for women picking and choosing how they want to live. And I thought, oh, Nurse Crane get in the bin. Uh, and this I know might be a deleted time. theme for you, Jen, because I... this is when they talk about Jeffrey Gallagher. 
you know what? I think she might have said it, and it just it just was not a huge. I think I think I might have heard her say it. I can't specifically remember, but I think I heard her say it. But it was very fast, and then they and then they moved on. Yeah, yeah well, that's yeah. my zero. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my hero is well, it's the Mullicks women. So we've obviously got Rhoda. We yeah. spoke about that all uh, as as above, but also Belinda. So Belinda winning mm. the uh, what she she was very clever anyway. She was very supportive of Mormon and all that. But also she won the uh, the the Easter bonnets competition and then she put a daffodil in Susan's hat and it made me cry. Um, oh, so that is my hero. Also, just when Mary Cynthia goes around to collect the clothes, Belinda actually sorts them out into girls and boys. Yeah, because I Belinda's know. just next level amazing. Love her. Now speaking of next level amazing. Yeah, I want to talk to you about some uh, just more readers. Readers? Why do we keep saying readers like we're a magazine? It's like we're smashing <laughs> some more listeners who've been in contact. So this is one on Twitter on Amy Kelland. She, she's done for performers, but she says, I love Recall the Midwife. Makes me so happy on Sunday morning. Why, thank you. Amy. Question, if you were to have a dinner party, which three Call the Midwife regulars would you invite? She would have Patsy, Sister Evangelina, and Mrs. Turner. Oh, a good one. Oh, that's a, that's a good choice, actually. I went first on the Heroes and Zero, so you guys go first. No, you're just buying yourself extra time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll go I'll first. Go. Okay, you go first, Al. I'll go second. I would have Barbara, number one. Love her. Of course. So yeah. much. I would also have Fred. I just think he'd be entertaining and have a few drinks and have a few stories that would be amazing. Yeah. yeah, and then my third—it would definitely not be Sister Monica Joan. Um, my third. <laughs> See, Sister Julianne's lovely, but is she fun? No. So we'd probably be non-nun again. I'd probably go no nuns. Sorry, nuns, if you're listening. Um, uh, but my third would probably be. See, Patsy's lovely, but she's not very fun, is she? Trixie, I think Trixie could be quite fun. Oh no, she doesn't drink anymore. She'd be a bit miserable with me drinking. She'd be a bit <laughs> angry at me. Um, as long as she can handle the drinking, like us drinking around her, I'd have Trixie. I oh, think no, chummy, I would... chummy, 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 one hundred percent. No, chummy. <laughs> I was just gonna have chummy. Don't have chummy. It's got Banda from your party. I would not have Jenny Lee. No, same. Oh, you wouldn't have her for anything, Bex. No, yeah. I'd have. I definitely have chummy. I definitely have Nurse Crane because I just love Nurse Crane. Mm-hmm. Um, but who else compliments those two? I need a nun, don't I? Mm. No, I didn't have one. Um, you could do vacuums. Cynthia. Cynthia's been both a nurse and a nun. No. <laughs> do you know what? I'd have Timothy. <laughs> he does I mean, do some good one-liners. It would be a weird, it a weird do... situation. It wouldn't. He does some good one-liners. He's good around adults. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, Timothy's basically grown up already. I I think in I mean the people I the people I like that I would want to I mean they may, they may not be the funnest dinner guests, but I would go for Sister Julianne, Sister Evangelina, and Nurse Crane. Oh. Nice. Yeah. You know, I think they're Dolly, Fred's daughter. Yeah. Oh, you love Dolly. I mean, yeah, I would maybe I would swap Tim Timothy out for Fred because I do love Fred. I basically oh, you Fred. should have Fred. Oh no, maybe I'd have no. Would I have Fred and Vi? Because I just love those two. Fred and Vi. Fred, Vi, and Chummy. Mm, That'd be a good combo. That'd be a good combo. You know what? We should put a shout out. And if you list, if you on social media, I'll put this on there as well. But if you could have any three, who'd you have? So I'll put that on there. Well, see, the thing is, I'd also want to have Barbara, and I also would want to have a lot of other ones too. But it's hard to know. Anyway, yeah, good, very good question. It is brilliant. We've also got another one from Ali who sends me, I'm not going to lie, hilarious things on Twitter. Their opinions, it's amazing. I'm not going to do them all right now, but I will I will do more of an Ali, uh, an inter-special on Ali's opinions because I actually love them. Um, yeah. 
uh, she said that Ali says here, I think that someone needs to replace Sister Julienne. She's had a time as the head of the mothership and someone else needs to take over. Although I'm not sure Ooh. who. <laughs> Well, oh, Ali, I love you, but those are fighting words. Sister well, this is another one that you two will love. Also, uh -huh. I know it's controversial, but Jenny Lee was such a bitchy character. She was always <laughs> so judgmental and stuck up. Like, even if she was in a small private hospital, she would still be exposed to gross stuff. Like, that's the nature of working in the medical field. It isn't all sunshine and roses. The way she constantly looked like she was smelling a bad smell is so unprofessional and rude, which is not the way she should act around vulnerable people in poverty. <laughs> not wrong, Alice. Not wrong. We fully well, conquered. There'll be more opinions by Ali because I love them. Touching on that, though, did you notice when they were trying on their new uniforms and Nurse Crane is like, oh, we're all girls here and then she pulls up a dressing gown and she's in her underwear. Yeah. And the look that Trixie gave her. I like, know. And like, the fact that Trixie, as part of her Keep Fit class, wants to, like, include people and, like, yeah, and help body women positivity. be confident in that. Yeah. And I'm just like, like I just felt that was. I didn't on. take it as her being critical of Nurse Crane's body. Body, I took I, that more of, the undergarments. I think. Well, no, I thought it was more about the fact that she just turned down going to keep fit with Trixie's class, and she was being a bit judgmental of her fitness regime. But also, Trixie's just paranoid about aging, isn't she? So she's yeah. probably just looking to see what, an, what a body ages like a bit more as well. <laughs> yeah so maybe she felt awkward but then if nurse crane had noticed that look would that not have made nurse crane feel awkward oh yeah 100 like, i just don't think it's wrong. on it's not on you're right <laughs> i agree i noticed something too in that scene definitely yeah jenny always did have a bit of a um uh yeah her nose in the air yeah that's why none of us missed her <laughs> Even though we credit all to her. But anyway, carry on. Oh, God. Anyway, ladies. So that next week we are watching series five, episode two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I hope you watch it and listen along with us. That would be fantastic. And keep sending your comments and your emails and your messages on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. Uh, we absolutely love it. And obviously YouTube as well. You can subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe to this. Give us a like. Give us a comment. Give us a... What's the rating? Yeah. Review, rating and reviewing. Yep. Yes, please review us. So yeah, thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll see you next week. See you next Bye. week. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.